There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, December 2nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... The Supreme Court hears the case for and against Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. Activists reflect on the long battle over reproductive care that has led to this point and look forward into an uncertain future. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments yesterday in an enormously consequential case that challenges the constitutionality of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. Our public radio colleague, Rosemary Westwood of WWNO in New Orleans, was in D.C. She spoke from outside the court with WWNO News Director Patrick Madden. Rosemary, first of all, can you set the scene for what it looks like in D.C. outside the Supreme Court with all these demonstrators from both sides here for this for this historic day of oral arguments? Yeah, so there are hundreds and hundreds of people out here in front of the Supreme Court. We're not allowed on those giant stone steps that people may be picturing. We're actually on the street in front of that. There are police barricades. There are really large, long barricades dividing anti-abortion and abortion rights activists. There are people carrying tons of signs. People are using microphones. Both the anti-abortion and abortion rights folks have set up rallies and they've had speakers all morning. Uh, Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch has been speaking. Abby Johnson, a very prominent anti-abortion activist, has been speaking. We've heard from people from Mississippi. Katrina Jackson from Louisiana was here. And then on the abortion rights side, we heard from clinic owners in Texas and Mississippi and and, um, Louisiana. We heard from Kathleen Pittman, who was here in 2020 fighting uh, an anti-abortion law from Louisiana. She's the director, um, sorry, the administrator of Hope Medical Group for Women in Shreveport, an abortion clinic. And then Shannon Brewer, who is the director of 
the clinic, Jackson Women's Health Organization, the last clinic in Mississippi, and the clinic at the heart of this case. I think it's important to note that there are more anti-abortion protesters here and that some of them, carrying huge, huge banners, have sort of lined themselves around the abortion rights group um, and their protests. They're sort of using a big bullhorn to shout into that crowd as the um, abortion rights folks have been holding their rallies. So there's certainly a sense, I think, of um, expectation and and sort of importance on both sides, just given the number of people here. And there's also that tension, you know, people, you know, trying to force their their views on on some on others um, out here on the courts, maybe thinking that being out here will have some kind of impact on the oral arguments inside. Have you had a chance to talk to anyone from our region about why they, they felt it was was important to be in Washington, D.C. in person for this day? Yeah, I have spoken with um, with Shannon Brewer, the, the clinic administrator. She's obviously going to be here. It's her clinic at the Harvest case. Kathleen Pittman told me that she felt that it was really important to be here and, a, and add her voice to this fight. She was much more confident, she told me, when the Louisiana case made it to this court. The court was slightly different. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a defender of abortion rights, was on the court at the time. And so, so that's changed, and she does sense that there's a difference. She's still hopeful that the court will protect Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision that established the constitutional right to an abortion. And, and really, I've spoken with people from across the country who are here, someone from Missouri, a person from North Carolina. Um, there are a huge amount of students from Liberty University um, a, a Christian university, a prominent Christian university in the country. And and what I'm hearing is that, you know, this is a, a singular kind of moment for people. They they feel really strongly on either side of this issue. The sense is that being here and adding their voices is vital to show um, the country, really, less than the justices, how important this is for them. People who are, are fighting for abortion rights tell me that they just really believe that women should be in control of their bodies and that they should be in control of how many children they have and when they have those children. And anti-abortion protesters are telling me that they believe a fetus is a full human being and should be protected. And and so there's, you know, obviously that, that same amount of um, division. And, and the question is, will the court change the status quo? And, and I do get the sense from protesters here that there is a, a sense of, this will be different. This court, this court case will change things. I think particularly anti-abortion groups mm. appear to be quite galvanized. Uh, and, and Rosemary, I, I've covered uh, protests outside Supreme Court decisions. I'm thinking back to the, the Second Amendment case, the Heller case, and, and watching protests. And there was a big security operation going on. How is the security outside the Supreme Court right now with these large crowds of demonstrators? Yeah, there are police everywhere. When I first got here at 7 in the morning, they hadn't set up quite the amount of barricades they have now. It's challenging to move across the street. The barricades run right across the street here so that if you are on one side of the issue and the barricades, you do need to make an effort to go around and get to the other side. And and I think that's a signal that, you know, there's not a great appetite for these groups to be mixing. I will say anti-abortion protesters more than the other way around, have moved into the abortion rights sort of side of things and are chanting and holding up their signs or using megaphones. And um, and otherwise, you know, it does seem to be calm. Police are walking around. They're on their bikes. They're, you know, standing. Security is standing 
guarding the Supreme Court really from from these rallies. And there's been no indication of any, um, you know, any any danger, any risk at all. But I, I think that presence, that police presence is does indicate sort of the volume of people we see here, but also the seriousness that with which people take this issue and and therefore, you know, the need for security to be robust. Shannon Brewer, the um, clinic director from Jackson, told me uh, the other day that she was nervous about these crowds, um, nervous about security. But um, I spoke to her after she spoke at the rally, and she seemed really relaxed. I think she seemed to have felt that she was being surrounded by people who agreed with her and that that was comforting. And, and the other part of it is these people are not making the decision. It's the nine justices inside the court who will decide this case. And so the stakes are highest for them, really. And the people out here are just hoping to be heard. Can you tell us sort of the next steps here when a decision or when a decision might come down? It's going to be a while. It's going to be months. Um, Typically, the court waits to release its um, sort of most controversial decisions till the end of the term. And that tends to be sometime in June. That's not a rule. The Supreme Court has a lot of leeway about how it operates and how and when it issues decisions. So the short answer is we don't know, but likely um, we will be waiting until the summer. And I, I just want to mention, you know, we are also waiting for a decision from the Texas case over SB8, a law that has gone into effect banning abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy in Texas. That has sent, you know, hundreds and thousands of patients from Texas flooding into other states and other clinics, including in Louisiana, including in, in Mississippi. A quarter of patients at the tex- at the Mississippi clinic um, are from Texas. I, when I was just speaking with the administrator of the uh, clinic in, in Shreveport, she was telling me they're booking appointments through January now. And typically this is a, a procedure that you can have within a week or two. doesn't typically take months. So while we're waiting for this decision, there is um, this sort of huge sort of um, disruption to the typical way someone might access abortion in Texas that is having these implications mm. in other states. And and that's one of the main things that anti-abortion groups argue is um, important to take note of right now because they say, you know, if the court does allow abortion bans to stand in states, many states will pass those bans. Abortions will be very hard to get in as many as 24 states in the country, and that will push women who can afford to travel, who have the time and the money, to other states that aren't really set up for that amount of influx of patients. And so, so really, while waiting for this decision in Mississippi's case, while waiting for the decision in this Texas case, we have a bit of a window into the future. Rosemary Westwood is the public and reproductive health reporter for WWNO in New Orleans. Coming up, state and national leaders sound off on yesterday's Supreme Court arguments. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The nonprofit Center for Reproductive Rights, which made the case against Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban before the Supreme Court, addressed members of the media yesterday after arguments concluded. Julie Rickelman is the organization's litigation director. 
between my argument and the argument of the Solicitor General, we really were able to put all of the key issues in front of the court. And those key issues are, of course, 50 years of precedent that support this right and the fact that Mississippi has not made any argument um, for taking this right away 50 years later and especially hasn't made any argument that the court hasn't already considered and rejected before in the other times it was asked to take this right away. And then we also just focused on how important this right is for women and their families, both for um, their autonomy, for their ability to control their bodies and their lives, but also for their equal status in society. So I think we were able to powerfully present those arguments. And right now it's in the court's hands. So what then happens if the court upholds the ban or goes a step further and reverses Roe v. Wade outright? From the center's perspective, we will not stop trying to fight for um, women's ability to make this decision for their lives, their health, and their families. We think it is a fundamental right under the Constitution. Um, and should the court decide that it's not a protected right under the Liberty Clause, we will continue to make every legal argument we can in the courts, including the federal courts, that this needs to be protected under the Constitution. In addition, of course, there are state courts and state statutes that can provide protection for people to be able to make this decision for themselves, um, and we'll continue to litigate in the state courts as we have for many years. So we, we will not stop fighting because it is just too important for people and their families for them to be able to make this decision for themselves. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch did not immediately address members of the press upon leaving the Supreme Court, but other conservative leaders in the state did take the opportunity to voice their opposition to abortion rights. Early yesterday afternoon, Governor Tate Reeves appeared on Good Morning America. Uh, abortion kills an innocent unborn child and yes it would be my ultimate goal uh, that Roe versus Wade would be overturned and that we wouldn't have abortions in this country when you talk about why 15 weeks the, the answer to that is uh, over the last uh, 30 years since Casey was decided and, and certainly over the last 50 years since Roe the science has changed the science has changed because technology has gotten so much better when Roe was originally decided uh, we didn't have sonograms. When Roe was originally decided, we didn't have ultrasounds. And every single time the science changes, the technology improves, and we learn more, every single time that happens, uh, we learn more, and, and it comes down on the side of protecting the life of that unborn child. Fifteen weeks is important uh, in this instance because at 15 weeks, we know that that baby has a heartbeat. We know that that baby is pumping multiple quarts of blood each day. We know that the lungs are forming. We know that the baby can actually move and can actually open and close its hands. And also, we know that that baby can experience pain. Coming up, activists on the ground in Mississippi react to yesterday's Supreme Court arguments. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Activists watched and listened yesterday as Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban faced the Supreme Court. MPB's Kobe Vance visited an anti-abortion rally at the State Agricultural Museum in Jackson. While he was there, he spoke with Omar Peters, who works for an organization called Students for Life of America. As a Students for Life employee, um, seeing that this possibly can be overturned um, with arguments today, but the case obviously coming down in June or July. Um, I'm really proud of that. I'm just proud. I'm a proud person today. I'm a proud pro-lifer. So you've been working with the Attorney General's office. In what capacity? Yes, I've been working with them in informing students about the case. Um, Usually my work would consist of just educating and training and mobilizing and activating students just about the pro-life message, how they can bring the pro-life message to their peers, how they can bring it to their families, um, getting them trained in apologetics and embracing controversy and things of that nature. And now if Roe v. Wade is not overturned, but possibly Casey, what do you think that would mean for the state? Well, that means that we can restrict abortion further. That means that more babies will be saved. That means that more lives can be positively impacted because whether whether Roe v. Wade is overturned, we're we're still working. We have a lot of work to do. A lot of people are going to think that they are in panic mode. A lot of people are going to think that they are going to be lost, hurt, or whatever the reason may be. A lot of people are going to look at their circumstances. So... What we're out here doing uh, with Students for Life as well, we're telling people that, um, you know, we can help with circumstances. We can point you into different uh, organizations that directly helps with that. Uh, Every movement has different sectors. Ours is um, making sure students can go to their respective peers and families and communities and, and say, hey, we are standing up for life as a student. I think it's fair to say that all eyes are on Mississippi today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does that feel like to you? Like, like I said, I'm a proud son of the state. Um, I was not born here. I was born in New Orleans, and I'm proud of that as well. But I was raised here since I was six years old. Um, my mother is from here in Mississippi, and I was raised in Macomb, Mississippi where we've had, where we used to be called the bombing capital of the world during the Civil Rights Movement. One of my uh, distant family members, distant relatives, used to feed SNCC workers, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee workers, in the Macomb Civil Rights Movement. There's so much history here. There's so much, even though there's bad history, there's good history. There are triumphs. There are trials. We need to highlight it all. Um... And with that being said, me as a Mississippian that understands history, that studied history at Mississippi College, I'm proud. I'm proud we're a leader. I'm proud we're doing something good for once. I'm proud that we are standing up for life. I'm proud that each and every pro-lifer I've encountered here in the state believes that every life matters. They strongly believe black lives matter especially in the womb. So having this state be representative of that, especially when this was one of the first states to pass a pro-life 
abortion law in the 1960s. Having this state reverse that, actually be the leader in life, and maybe the state that helped to turn Roe v. Wade back to the states, it's historic, it's amazing, I'm proud, and I'm just in awe. Omar Peters is a regional coordinator for Students for Life of America. Across town at Smith Park in downtown Jackson, pro-abortion rights activists staged a rally of their own, and it got pretty loud. Could you tell me your name and spell it for me? My name is Delaney, D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. What's your last name? My name is Coates, C-O-A-T-E-S. And uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Jackson originally. Gotcha. So what, what has been your reaction today and what have been your emotions you've been going through throughout the day? Well, I feel very tense. Uh, I'm very scared for a lot of the people who don't have some of the rights that I feel like I could, I could have if I needed to. I feel bad for a lot of the women and people who get pregnant who don't have any other choice and the children who grow up in families who don't love them or can't support them. Why is it important for you to have the right to an abortion? Well, abortion is just a form of health care, and it should be treated as such. All right, Religion doesn't really interact with other forms of health care all that much, but when it comes to women's reproductive rights, they, f- they feel the need to include someone's opinion who has nothing to do with, their medic- with m- the medical field at all, which it's just preposterous. All right? People... People out here who need abortions will need them. So either they will just have a baby and give that baby away, or they will do something dangerous and harm themselves and that baby. All right? And you could take so many pain out of their hands by making this easy, affordable, safe procedure these things, then you could save a lot of lives, and it's not worth it any other way. I think it's fair to say a lot of eyes are on Mississippi today, looking at, you know, our laws and you know, going for the Supreme Court especially? Well, Mississippi in itself, I have a lot of, I have a lot of faith in Mississippi. I think that if we had some, some better, a code of, a better code of ethics, I think we could be a place that could show the other, the other states like us the way to be. So if we take our, if we take this step, like states like Alabama, states like Louisiana, they might follow sweet, but if we ban abortions, another, the other states will, will follow in our footsteps. So it's very important that we secure these rights, not just for us and people in our state, but for people all over the country. Delaney Coates is from Jackson. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.